Welcome to a very special episode of Between the Levees. I'm joined today by Mr. Moose Doherty. He is the support crew leader for the Mississippi Speed Record for canoers from above St. Paul all the way to the Gulf. I don't want to get too far into that. I'll let him share the news, but Mr. Doherty, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Tell me first, how did you get involved in this project? Well, Scott Miller, the uh, team leader uh, of the four uh, paddlers and, and the overall effort is married to my niece. And in 2019, um, he kind of reached out on Facebook to some people saying, hey, you know, I'm going to put together an effort to try to break the record, the Guinness World Record for fastest time down the entire length of the Mississippi uh, in a canoe. And um, I'm looking for some people that, you know, help with shore support during an upcoming training session. And um, so I responded. I've always had a great interest in the river. I grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota, just blocks from the Mississippi. Uh, Pool One is really where I spent uh, most of my time as a kid fishing, swimming, you know, rope swings, that type of thing. Um, and, you know, a chance they were going to do some training on the upper Mississippi near the headwaters. And uh, I thought, boy, what a great opportunity to get up there and see that part of the river. So I, I responded and said, yeah. Uh, and spent that first, I think we were four days training between Lake Itasca and um, Lake Bemidji um, on the upper reaches. And uh, I put together a uh, a three or four page document just for Scott explaining why I think he should pick me as his support crew leader for this effort. And he read it, he was so funny. He said, you know, I'm, I'm looking at everything you put together here and you have two of the attributes that I'm really looking for. Uh, um, most importantly, uh, that's great. You know, he said, yeah, you're available and you want to do it. So uh, there I was hooked in. Well, and who is Scott and what prompted this attempt? Well. Um, Scott Miller is uh, uh, a guy that's always been interested in the outdoors. His, his father uh, worked for the Department of Natural Resources here in Minnesota uh, as a park ranger. Um, he was very involved in scouting. Uh, he was the director of a scout camp here in Minnesota for a number of years and was a counselor and attended there for a number of years and paddling was a big part of that. Um, and in 2005, uh, he decided that he, I think it was the 75th anniversary of Eric Severide's uh, a Canoeing with the Cree uh, effort where he paddled from the Mississippi River in, in the Twin Cities uh, up to Hudson's Bay and, and Scott wanted to repeat that. So he actually uh, paddled um, from St. Cloud, Minnesota down the Mississippi to the Minnesota, up the Minnesota to the Red and to the Red and over to Hudson's Bay. Um, and then he you know, heard about an effort, an unsuccessful effort, I believe it was in 2018, and reached out to the gentleman that had been part of that and said, boy, if you ever try to, you know, an unsuccessful effort to go down the entire length of Mississippi, and reached out to him and said, if you decide to do that again, I'd love to join you in, in that effort. And that's kind of how it got started. So you've been involved, you said, since 2018 or 19? Yeah, since 2019, yes. We, um, the, the original team, um, you know, that, that effort, you know, we, we had intended to go in 2020 and that was sidetracked by, by the coronavirus. And, um, you know, states were shutting down, and, you know, uh, insurance wasn't gonna cover us. The, 
Guinness wouldn't have given us the record. You know, I mean, it just wasn't going to be possible to do it given all the restrictions that were on at the time. Um, and that kind of led, uh, that team kind of fell apart as a result of that. And so Scott put together another effort in 2021. Um, and the gentleman that he was originally partnered with for the 2020 effort that fell apart, he put together a team as well. So there was two of us actually trying to break the record in 2021. Um, yeah, their, their team, uh, they were called MM0. Uh, they left about two weeks ahead of uh, the Mississippi speed record, Scott's team. And they did break the record. Um, I think it was 18 days and four hours. And then they, they did it in uh, oh, 17 days and uh, 20 hours or 22 hours, something like that. Um, and then, yeah, we, we were actually ahead of record, world record pace. And then just south of uh, Baton Rouge, there was a tropical depression. The waves were, I don't know, three, four feet high. And uh, the canoe filled with water and, and got sucked right out from under the guys right there. Um, fortunately, you know, we had a safety boat with us, so everybody was okay. So, yeah, so they broke the record and we didn't. And then shortly thereafter, Scott decided he wanted to try again. And have you been involved in, I mean, is this a year-round planning effort? Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, since 2019, I we've probably had... I don't know, two dozen or more training trips on various parts of the river, the upper Mississippi, um, you know, St. Louis, uh, Memphis, um, you know, pretty much up and down the river, getting to know different, uh, different parts of the river, um, you know, planning, um, you know, raising money, um, you know, just ensuring that we've got the right equipment, you know, recruiting people to serve on the support crew, that type of thing. Um, so yeah, it's been, it, it's, uh, it's consumed a lot of time over these past five years. Well, what did you do professionally? Are you retired? Yeah, I'm retired. I was a corporate guy. I was in the public affairs arena, you know, uh, investor relations and corporate marketing, branding, um, foundation work, that type of thing. Um, but you know, I, I, I've always had an interest in, uh, well, what I considered at the time to be endurance sport, marathoning, uh, you know, long distance biking, I, you know, uh, triathlon work, that kind of stuff. Um, I wasn't really aware of the canoe community and the, particularly the, uh, um, you know, the elite canoeists around the country. It's a pretty tight knit group of folks that know and compete with each other. And there's all these wonderful races on on the Missouri River and, and uh, down in Texas and up in the Yukon and down in Florida and down in Alabama. And, um, you know, just through this training and the various trips and races that Scott was participating in and I was serving as his support crew, you know, we get to know these folks. And that's really, you know, how, how this latest team came together. And I think I read you were delayed by weather this time. Yeah, our original plan was to launch on the 3rd of May. Um, and there's some big lakes that you have to paddle across in, in upper Minnesota that the Mississippi runs through, uh, Lake Bemidji and Cass Lake, and, and, and in particular, Lake Winnebagoshes, which is, I think, 15 miles long and about 11 miles wide. And the ice was still on the lake. And um, so we, we had to wait until the ice, uh, until the ice went out. Um, and that delayed us about a week. We, um, when we got up there, the ice had kind of melted from the south half of the lake and we thought maybe we had a path 
kind of across if we if we kind of took a southern route. Uh, but then a big uh, east wind came up and it pushed all this broken ice down to the west end where the Mississippi flows in, and we were kind of stuck there for a few days. And actually, when the when the team took off from the headwaters, uh, there was still ice on Lake Winnie. Um, but it, we knew that it was going to be going out soon, and it takes about 20 hours to paddle there. And by the time they got there, the ice had cleared. Uh, can you walk me all the way down river? A few highlights along the way. Yeah, I, I mean, really, I, I think of it in in kind of three pieces. There's um, Lake Itasca to the Twin Cities, uh, which is about a, a four day uh, paddle, and and in that paddle you've got um, a number of dams that you have to portage around. There's no locks there. I think there's 13 different uh, portages that are required. And then from St. Paul down to St. Louis, you've got um, the uh, 28 lock and dams um, that, that you're, um, you, you can't portage around unless they're closed for some reason. And that's about uh, six days. And then from St. Louis to the Gulf, it's about seven days roughly, although our guys, you know, blew that away really this last effort um and the river's really really different i mean it, uh, from the headwaters uh, down to lake bemidji i mean it's just a ribbon you can walk across it at the top and it, it's thin it's i mean it's no wider than a canoe in many areas and very winding and what the, these guys had a 23 foot canoe um and you know there were times when they had to get out and kind of move the back end around to make a corner and then you know by the time you get down to uh south of baton rouge i mean you've got i mean it's just it's so wide and uh, deep and uh um much much different so you go from a very kind of a rural um you know environment where you're hearing wolves howl to you know kind of a, a seeing the commercial aspects of it when you get down um you know, below Baton Rouge, or even before then, you know, you see the the, the, the commercial traffic and the barges and such. And uh, so the river really changes. And, um, you know, you really learn uh, going through that about, you know, it's amazing how the river changes so much. And, and, you know, being able to talk to folks that are familiar with specific areas that are kind of understanding what's happening that year in terms of uh, you know, where are the sandbars and what's shifting and, you know, how deep is the water and where's the channel good and that type of thing. Um, so we were fortunate to have a lot of really good contacts along the river to help us with that kind of local understanding. How many hours a day were these guys rowing usually? Oh, pretty much 24. Um, I mean, they uh, ate, slept, uh, you know, were prepared to do everything in the canoe and that, the, the center two seats are removable and, and they had kind of an inflatable pad that they could put there. So two guys could be resting at, a, at, at any time. Um, a lot of times three people would be paddling and one, one guy would be resting and they, they kind of changed that up depending on how different people were feeling. I think on three different occasions, they may have, they pulled over uh, and slept for two or three hours. Um, you know they were well ahead of record pace, so they pace at that time. So they they had the luxury of uh, of you know being able to take a little time to rest up and make sure that the you know that the folks that were um, we had two safety boats that that connected with the team in St. Paul and then followed them from St. Paul all the way down to the Gulf. Um, 
and uh, so yeah, they were. It was pretty much a twenty four seven operation. Well, I read a write up about you on Facebook. That's what inspired this uh, this visit on the podcast. Okay. Um, uh, Scott conveyed how how busy you stayed trying to keep the boat supplied, keep everybody happy and healthy and rowing. Uh, what was your biggest challenge out there? Well, you know, the whole, I mean, the, the support crew, um, I mean, it really, it, it, it's, we, we had, to, let me just start by saying this. I mean, we, we had, I mean, in order to get something like this done, um, you, you need to have a lot going for you. So first of all, you know, we had four world-class paddlers. Um, we had uh, safety boats, you know, we had experienced uh, boat captains from, from the Missouri River 340 who were familiar with, you know, navigating on the river. Uh, I'll say more about that uh, when it comes to Baton Rouge and places south, but um, we're familiar with the language of talking to the barges and asking, you know, where they'd like us to be and, um, you know, helping keep the, the, the paddlers uh, safe. Um, we, the, the water levels were really good, for, in, particularly in the upper parts of, of the river, and, and they were decent down south, um, but they were high, so the water was good. The weather was good. You know, we really didn't get into any nasty storms or anything like, like we did on, on the last attempt. Um, we didn't have any waiting times to speak of at the lock and dams, um, you know, so really a lot, uh, you have to do a lot of preparation, but there also is an element of luck involved when it comes to the weather and lock and dam waiting times and, um, you know, not, not having, you know, not, not capsizing or get a hole in the canoe. And there, I mean, there's all sorts of things that, 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 that uh, could go wrong. Um, but yeah, so then really, uh, you know, our job on the, on the support crew is, you know, it's the safety boat um, operations and refueling are, are, are a big part of that. Um, it's the food and hydration preparation and delivery, not only for, for the paddlers, but, but for, the, for the safety boats and, and for the support crew. Um, you know, then you have, you know, paddler first aid, making sure they have all the equipment they need, you know, changes of clothes, that type of thing. Um, you know, anything, the canoe is wired uh, with a battery for all the lights and everything, just making sure all that stuff was working. Um, you know, we had to move uh, camp every day. You know, you're pulling the, we had a couple of campers and RVs with us. Um, we corresponded ahead of time with the Coast Guard, the Army Corps of Engineers to let them know what we were doing and where we were gonna be and how and the insurance company. And then uh, I already mentioned vehicle transportation, you know, moving base camp once a day uh, down river, finding those locations. Um, every day figuring out, we, we tried to deliver about uh, 6,000 calories a day to the paddlers. And so we would, do that on two different occasions. And so determining where we were going to meet them, you know, what access point was available and what, and then kind of backing out from then, when do we have to cook the meal and get it into the car so somebody can get it to the safety boat and the safety boat can get it to the paddler. Uh, so it was all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a moving operation because you really don't know how fast they're going to go or how slow. And um, we had a really great 
uh, map of, of waypoints along the river that we could access. But some of them, you know, because of flooding weren't available or sometimes there was, you know, debris logs and things there. Um, on occasion, you know, the, 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 the forest roads into them were closed because of the freeze dry or, you know, the freeze thaw cycle. They didn't want cars in there at the time. So just kind of figuring out where we could meet them and when. So all that uh, is going on and then you're dealing with the unexpected. Um, at one point we had, uh, both of our boats had maintenance issues. One was a sensor and one was an engine. And so and all the food and the hydration for the paddlers at that time was on one of the boats and we weren't able to access it. So we had a quick, you know, run to a store and, and uh, buy some water, Gatorade food and figure out a different way to get it to them. So it's kind of just that rolling operation. And so it, it ends up to be, you know, a 24 seven type of thing. Um, but we, we had uh, 24 people uh, involved. We had five were on the, on the safety boats and then we had 16 shore support people that were preparing the food and moving base camp and moving the vehicles and actually rotating on and off the safety boats, um, you know, twice a day. Uh, two of those 16 people were actually documentary producers, Wilderness Mindset were along to, to uh, document the whole thing and they're gonna make a, a, a film about it that, you know, should be out in the next six to nine months, sometime like that. And we had that there was a, a, a drone operator and we had two other advisors that were kind of remote that were helping us find places to move the base camp, campgrounds and river angels and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, it was a, it, it, it's a big operation with a lot of moving parts, but we had great people, um, you know, uh, folks that, uh, you know, really had an interest in the outdoors, were interested in adventure. Um, you know, I was lucky enough to have my brother along with me. One of the paddlers, Wally Werderich, his parents were along. Um, you had Judd Steinbeck, one of the paddlers, his, his partner, Daniela Montanez was, uh, was along with us. Uh, yeah, two of my very close friends. So, I mean, yeah, we had a really, really good group of people. Chad Craigness um, and, and, and his wife, Mindy, who had been on the previous uh, support crew in the 2021 effort were both involved. Um, yeah, Frank Burris, a writer uh, who actually published an article about the 2021 attempt um, in Outside Magazine was along. So yeah, we, it was, uh, uh, it, it was a, a lot of good people and in a, in a big effort, but um, you know, it worked out this time. The river was kind to us. <laughs> it sounds like quite the uh, logistical challenge there. Yeah, uh, you know, the, it, it, it was, um, we tried to make it very simple. You know, we're, uh, we're just, everybody understood we're trying to keep the, the paddlers safe and we're trying to keep them fed and hydrated. And along the way, you know, we're trying to take care of ourselves too. And, and so, um, you know, whatever came up, people were able to adjust and get that done. I mean, we tried to keep it simple. It just, sometimes it, it, there was a lot of moving parts to get, <laughs> to get those simple things done, you know, to get the food and the hydration out on, you know, to a boat and out on the river and where we could get, and then the refueling, you know, figuring out where, where we could, uh, meet up with the boats to refuel them. Um, a lot of places there were, you know, there was marinas that we could go to in other places. We, one of the trucks that we had had an external fuel tank on it that we could, um, you know, back down a boat ramp and, and help fuel them. Um, importantly, this time, one of the things that, uh, that we were able to get done is um, 
you know, the river's a totally different beast uh, when you get down to Baton Rouge and, and, and south of there. Um, and uh, people were great. They were absolutely fantastic. Um, but, it, but for, you know, two recreational vessels in a canoe, it can be kind of terrifying, you know, if you're not familiar with that. And so we were fortunate this time to, with the help of Joy Cargill, and uh, Gino Gandolfi, who are river pilots down there, who are originally, I mean, our plan was to have them get on our safety boats and help guide us from Baton Rouge down to the Gulf because they're, you know, they're operating in that environment every day. Because of the delay, they weren't able to join us, but they introduced us to Joe McKee and Pat Gale and Phil Gandolfi, uh, Gino's brother. And so we, we had, um, folks like yourself that are, you know, in that environment every day on our safety boat, talking to the other captains and, and helping to keep us safe. And uh, that made a huge, huge difference. And, and uh, uh, you know, it was a great source of comfort to all of us that were involved to have them there and helping us navigate, you know, that part of the river. Um, where I would say, uh, Normally, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend that people go there uh, in a canoe or a kayak or a recreational vessel. I mean, I'd stick to Lake Pontchartrain or, uh, you know, go down there and hire the local fishing guides and, uh, you know, do some fishing. But the main channel is no place to be. But, to you know, to get this effort done, you have to go there and um, having uh, local expertise with you to, to help keep you safe there, I, I you know, was critically important to us. I've been trying to actually get Joey Cargill on this podcast. I, I discovered him on Facebook when he rode the length of the, of the Mississippi by himself. Yes, yes. Yeah, he, he's been, he's been helpful to us uh, um, on all the, all the attempts and on our training trips. Is, he, he's just been fantastic. Um, yeah, the, 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 the team that broke the record, the previous record holder from the 2021, he, he actually, uh, um, their safety boat broke down um, somewhere south of Baton Rouge. And he actually um, got a boat and, and went up there and helped guide them the rest of the way. Um, yeah, we, 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 yeah, Joey was absolutely fantastic. Gino Gondolfi, Gondolfi too, helping us, meet, you know, helping us make the introduction to these other people who, who were interested in coming on board. I mean, it was fabulous. You know, one of the, one of the things that, you, I mean, you learn so much about the river and how alive it is and how, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's importance in, in nature and, and, uh, and in recreation and in commercial aspects. I mean, it's really an amazing beast the mississippi it's uh and and they say it in song and i i know it, it sounds kind of trite but people on the river are absolutely fantastic people were they came out we had fans come out they brought us food they cheered river angels let us stay at their at their homes and businesses um you, you know the, the 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 pilots like like joe and pat and phil were you know interested in in, in helping us and excited to be a part of it um, yeah, we had uh, John Rusky from the Quapaw Canoe Company in Clarksdale, Mississippi, who's an expert on, on that lower part of the Mississippi and how to navigate it and where the channels are. And he said he has a whole webpage, rivergator.org, uh, that uh, you know, guides you through that. 
uh, Mike Clark from Big Buddy Adventures in St. Louis, Missouri, who's, you know, an expert on that part of the river and is out there, you know, they're out, these guys are out there every day canoeing and know what it's about and, and, and how to navigate it. Uh, I mentioned Joey and Gino and, and, uh, and Joe and, and Pat and Phil, and then Jacob Morris uh, and his wife, Courtney, they're co-owners of uh, the Salty Marsh, which is a, um, it's an old crew uh, ship uh that that uh i think house crew that were out on oil rigs or what have you now there it's kind of a it's a flotel now down in the venice area and uh we stayed at their place and um jacob actually took us took chad and i out um to mile marker zero at the end there at at the head of passes light uh and where we picked up the paddlers in the canoe um we actually had I think 43 people out there. We had uh, four boats and, and the canoe, our two safety boats, Jacob Morris's boat. And then we hired a crew boat uh, that, that took, um, I think we had, I don't know, 34 or five family members and friends on that. And so at 2.30 in the morning, we had uh, 43 people out there um, hooting and hollering when they, when they hit mile marker zero and horns blasting. And they, uh, Joey had, had placed a, a um, a book on on the head of passes light there that is it a buoy i guess that's what you call it a buoy and right in a, in a waterproof case and so people that make it there can uh you know open up that waterproof case and sign their name and when they were there and things like that so i'll never forget it It was just an awesome scene and it was in the middle of the night too we were very lucky no traffic that night that it was it was calm uh i, I mean um and we and Phil Gandolfi was with us at the time, and uh, you know, able to, to to guide them. Hey, you know, head for that green blinking light, or head this way, or you know, get, get the paddlers headed in the right direction. So, yeah, it was wonderful. Um, I meant, I, yeah, the River Angels, Sue and Mark Mason on uh, on Lake Pepin. Um, you know, we stayed at we stayed at their home. I mean, you know, they open up their their place to all of us on the support crew, and we're going twenty four seven. You know, so I mean, it's. For that 24 hours, it's a little bit hectic. Yeah, Ken Purdy in Iowa. Uh, James Bridges, actually, in the West Hickman, Kentucky Baptist Church, that congregation, they they have a community center that we stayed at a number of times, um, both during during both attempts and then during training sessions. Uh, Dale Sanders, who's in Bartlett, Tennessee, he, he's an 87-year-old gentleman that just broke the world record for the oldest person to ever paddle from source to sea. Um, yeah, we stayed at his place. And so um, people were absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, it, 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 it was a great experience, really kind of reaffirms that people are awesome. What does something like this cost? And how was it all funded? Well, I, I, I think it probably, I mean, I don't I don't have an exact number. 25,000, I think is probably a, a good number. Uh, I, I mean, you know, some of that is for the equipment. Um, a lot of it's for just the gasoline that it takes to get everybody, you know, down the river and then back home. A lot of it is for food and, and um, you know, the hydration and that type of thing. And, and, you know, trying to keep 24 shore support and the four paddlers uh, fed. And, uh, and, and um, so, and it, and it was raised in a couple of different ways. We, we, we did have sponsors um the the mississippi river network was a big sponsor that's a coalition i, I think of 58 different uh, nonprofits up and down the river that um 
you know, build support for conservation and preservation and recreation activities. And uh, uh, Embark, um, it's a company that that that, that makes a, uh, a it's a natural um, electrolyte replacement uh, that the guy used. Uh, the guys use. So we, yeah, we we raised money from sponsors. Um, we we had uh, people came. To, to see the team go by at, at various boat ramps and things and would make donations. Um, we had hats and t-shirts and sweatshirts and coffee mugs and water bottles and things for sale that helped raise some money. Um, so yeah, it's a big effort. And, 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 and um, you know, that, that's a good, that's a good portion of, you know, what you try to do is raise the money necessary to, to, to fund the thing. And then we had to do that on two occasions, of course, for 2021 and, and 2023. But yeah, people were excited to be a part of it. Well, and what was the new record? Uh, 16 days, uh, 20 hours and 17 minutes or something. They, they beat the previous record by 23 uh, and a half hours. So almost a full day. So yeah, it was, it was decisive. Finally, I guess, do you expect if someone is to break this record that Scott chases it yet again? Uh, no, I, I don't. I hope someone does try. Um, I hope there are people out there like Scott and, and Paul Cox and, and uh, Wally Werderich and, and Judson Steinbeck who, uh, who want to become of the part of the Mississippi lore. Uh, I would say I don't recommend it. Uh, it, 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 it is dangerous. Um, it does take a big effort. I mean, you have to have those paddlers. Uh, you need the support staff. You need the, the you know, the financial means. Um, you know, you need to have uh, relationships with experts that can help you understand the river in different areas and such. Um, maybe there's a minimalist way to go about it. Um, I don't know. I, I I would think that that might be more dangerous if it didn't involve the safety effort. I mean, we needed the we needed that safety uh, those processes in place both times that we were there. And the and the previous record holders, they you know they they had a couple incidents. They they um, um, they got into a whirlpool that they happened to get out of without without any trouble. Um, you know, big trouble. And then when they got to New Orleans, they got there's, I don't know what you call them, but there's those fingers that go out from the river that, that kind of flow right out to the ocean. And they got, they got swept into one of those and had to paddle their way out on a couple of different occasions. And I, I think we're fortunate. Um, I, 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 th I think Scott's probably done. Uh, my guess is that this, the, this latest record is one that, that will stand for some period of time. Um, but I hope somebody tries. I hope there's still people out there that, that want to do that, uh, you, you know, have that type of adventure and, and um, you, you know, be, become part of the lore of the Mississippi. Well, I'm glad to hear it was pretty much incident free and you did, in fact, secure the record. Yes, it was an awesome time. You know, the best part about it is that you, well, first of all, you learn that people are fantastic. I think, which is reassuring, particularly the kind of environment that, that you see today. It was very, I think people naturally migrate to something positive. I mean, it was a great adventure. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 63 years old. I don't think 
at least I'm a, I, I don't think people my age usually make a lot of new friends. I, I don't know, maybe they do, but I've made a ton of new friends as a result of this from all over. I mean, I never knew that I would get to know some river pilots and have conversations with them and, uh, and all the great people that were on, uh, on the crew, both in the, in the attempt in 2021 and, and this attempt in 2022 and all the fans and such and their family. Yeah, it's been a fabulous, fabulous uh, experience. Well, Mr. Doherty, I, I appreciate your time this evening. I'm very glad we can get this done. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, Tim. This has been a production of Where You At Studios, LLC.